belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to give, Lord God. And I just pray, lift up Pastor Josh and Miss Amber this morning, Lord God, as they're away. I pray that you energize them, Lord God. I pray that you give them fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh vision for this church, Lord God, and that they're able to take us into the next 20, 30, 40 years, Heavenly Father. I just thank you for that. I just pray for this service. Be with me this morning, Lord God, help me speak your word. In your name we pray. Amen. So, uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Josh asked me to come and, and give this message, right? He's like, you know, I'm going to be out of town, so I want you to preach. And he told me what he wanted me to teach on. And it was, how do, I, how do I share my faith? You know, and I was like, all right, easy, I got this. You know, and then I sat down and I started writing, and I'm like, wait a minute. I've never thought about this. How do I share my faith? You know, that's the point. Like, I've never really sat down and thought about how do I share my faith, you know? So I started thinking about the past and how I shared my faith in the past. And then I was like, well, okay, but, but what exactly does that mean? What exactly does sharing your faith mean? And the way that I, I broke it down, I broke it, it could be like three different parts of how to share your faith. Uh, the first one, uh, the Bible tells us to always have uh, a defense for our faith, right? Always have, have a reason for our faith. And that comes from 1 Peter 3.15. Be on your uh, butt in your heart to reserve Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give them a reason for hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So as a follower of Christ, I should be able to walk up to anybody here and hand you the mic and say, all right, what's your defense for Christ? So who's first? I'm joking. I'm joking. I won't put you on the spot like that. But we should always be ready, right? We should always be prepared. We should always have a defense for when someone asks us, why are you a Christian? Why do you believe that? Why, why do you have this stance on, on, on this or that? We should always be ready to have a defense for that. Because our faith is not a, a blind faith. Okay? I know they say you got to have that blind faith, but that's not walking with your eyes closed and not knowing what's coming. Having faith is not jumping off the cliff and not knowing what's happening or not knowing what's gonna, what you're going to land on. Having faith is walking to the cliff, knowing that God brought you to the cliff, knowing that God is going to help you down off of the cliff, and he has a safe landing for you at the bottom. That's what true faith is. And that's why we need to have that defense for. We need to be able to, to represent it. We need to be able to, to speak that to everyone, whoever come, we come in contact with. But the thing is, right, with, first, with that first Peter verse, what does it say at the end? With gentleness and respect. So we should be able to have an argument. We should be able to defend our faith without getting angry, without being upset without having a fight with somebody. You know, because 
there is one way, right? We have all seen that that person who preaches, repent, 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 you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, right? But does that really help? Would that really help a, a, a non-believer come to Christ? You know, now if I was talking to Pastor Mike, let's say, you know, I'm not going to come to him in gentleness and respect if I find him sinning, right? I'm going to come with him with fire and brimstone and say, man, what is wrong with you? You know, when it, when it comes to us fellow believers, it's okay to be that aggressive. It's okay to be to mean and sharp because we're holding ourselves accountable, right? But when we're defending our faith, we should come with gentleness and respect. And I just want to point out a verse, Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things, there is no law. So if we're walking in the Spirit, we should be filled by the Spirit, and everything that we do should produce that Spirit fruit, right? So even when we're in those arguments, when someone's coming down on us on our faith, we should have that gentleness to come back at them in a nice and kind way, but still defend our faith. Amen? You should always be ready. You should always be ready to have that answer in different situations. So that's one way, right, of sharing your faith. The other way that I found of sharing your faith is telling your testimony. How many, I've asked this question before if, you're, if you've been in a small group with me, but how many of you guys have written down your testimony? Maybe not that many of you. So it's important, right? You have to know where you're going. You have to have a framework for when you're sharing your testimony with somebody so that you're not going off the rails. I always say you want to write out the long form, have every single detail in there, but you also want to have that two to three minute testimony, the elevator testimony is what I like to call it. You know, when, some, when you're in the elevator and you only got three floors and someone says, why are you a Christian? You're like, here's my testimony. Boom. Real quick and dirty, right? But then you also have those times when you're sitting, right, and you have dinner with somebody, you're having lunch with somebody, and you have time to sit down and explain it. You see, when you write it down, you have all your points, right? That's why I have my notes here. I write them all down so I stay on track. So I stay, continue to say what's important. You know, it's the same thing with our testimony. We have to write it down so that we're ready to share it with anyone who asks. Now, the third way that I, I found for me that sharing faith is actually sharing the gospel, the message of salvation. And I can tell you, for me personally, that is the hardest one to lead somebody to Christ, to, to tell them the hope that I have, like, why do I need Jesus? To tell somebody that, that's the one that intimidates me the most, is leading somebody to Christ. But at the end of today, uh, at the end of my message, I'm going to give us three ways that you can lead somebody to Christ. So hopefully it's not as intimidating for you guys like it is for me. I mean, even up here when, I, when I'm doing it, um, leading the prayer at the end, the salvation prayer, like whenever Pastor Josh is like, you want to lead the prayer? I'm like, no, Pastor Josh, you do it. You know, like, it's just, I don't know why for me, for some reason, that's nerve-wracking. But hopefully at the end of the message, when I go over that, I'll give you three tools that you can use to help lead somebody, to help walk somebody through the gospel, all right? But no matter what method you're using, no matter what one of those ways you're trying to share the gospel with, with somebody, uh, Paul gives us a perfect tool, a perfect key to open the door to anybody to help you share the gospel with them. Amen? All right, let's, let's read 1 Corinthians again. 
though, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. Uh, to win the Jews, to those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. So my first point today, how do you share your faith? Number one, you have to be sensitive to others' needs and concerns. How does that verse start out that we read, right? Though I am free, I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. So are you self-serving this morning? Are you kingdom-serving? Which one are you? Are you doing one or the other? And we miss out on so many opportunities to share the gospel when we're self-serving because we're looking out for ourselves. We're not looking out for other people and taking care of other folks. You know, Jesus gives us a great example, right? We're supposed to be following after Jesus. He's our example. And, and in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it tells us exactly why Jesus came to earth. It says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So if we're to be like Christ, we're to be servants. We're to be in service to other people. We're to look out for other people. We're to take care of other people because that's why Jesus came to earth. And it is through our service is how we show our faith to others. All right? James chapter 2, verse 18 says, But some will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even demons believe and tremble. But do you, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. So we are only saved through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, but our faith is worked out through what we do. That grace, that peace, that love that God pours into us should be pouring out into everyone else around us. So if, we're, if God is showing us love, we should be showing others love. If God is showing us peace, we should be showing others peace. If he's showing us grace and mercy, we should be showing everyone grace and mercy. And through that, we're going to bring people to us. We're going to win folks over to Christ. Teddy Roosevelt, uh, he once said that nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, so when you care for somebody, then you're like, oh, let me see what this guy has, or this girl has to talk about. You know, because I can tell that they really care for me, that they really are there for me, that they want to be a part, for, uh, be a part of me. You know, and I don't know if you guys know this, but talking to a lot of folks and going to newcomers here at at GC, a lot of folks choose this church because of that love, because of that caring, because we are outreaching. We, we pour into people. That same love that God pours into us, we pour into you guys. And people choose this church as their home because of that feeling, because of that grace, because of that love that they see here, because we continue to show that love to everyone. We're in service to each other. You know, and that's why a lot of folks choose Generation Church as their home. But, you know, it's not always easy, right? It's not always easy to be out front and, and talking to folks and, and caring about folks, right? I know for me, I am a um, introvert, out-out-introvert, whatever, you know, we get it. 
extrovert. I'm an intro extrovert, right? I'm, I'm very quiet. I'm very timid. I like to be in the back, but, you know, I'm holding the mic today, so I can definitely step out of that shell and do this, you know? But I'm, I'm not the most friendly person. I don't always like to talk to people, you know? But one thing that I found that really helps me, and you guys can, can use this trick, I, I got it from John Maxwell, and he calls it the 101% rule. He said if you take 1% that you, you get along with or you like about a person and you give that 100%, you know? So I can go up to somebody and just start asking questions. You know, I'm, I don't know them. I know nothing about them. But they say something that, that fires off. Oh, they got kids. 100% of my attention is going to their kids, right? I'm going to focus on that, and I'm, I'm going to give them that, that 100% attention, you know? But a lot of times, Christians, right, we, we tend to look at that 1%. Instead of saying, what's 1% that we like? We say, what's that 1% that I don't like about this person? So I'm going to give that 1% 100%, and that's why I'm not going to talk to this person, right? But that's not how we should be as Christians. We should be constantly looking for, for that end, right? And uh, at work, I have lots of conversations with people over Pokemon cards, our Magic the Gathering, our Minecraft, yeah, yeah grown men and women. Um, but I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons and Pokemon and, and that stuff. But I say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to get into it. And I get into so like I know all about pop culture and everything. And I don't watch any, I don't watch TV or TMZ or anything like that. But I get it from these from these young folks because I just ask questions and see what they're into. You know, people are like, man, you know so much about things going on. Like I don't know anything. I just repeat what someone told me. <laughs> so, but having those conversations, right? And, and now I know about Pokemon cards. Now I know about Minecraft and Dungeons and Dragons and, and how to play those games. And because I took interest in that person, I gave that one thing that I could find, and I gave that 100%. And that made them want to get to know me, get close to me. And I've had many conversations where someone says, you know what? I just like talking to you. What's, you know, I don't, I don't know why. I just like talking to you. I'm like, I don't know why either, because all I do is ask questions. I don't say anything back. You know, it's, it's amazing what you can do when you just talk to somebody. And you say, you know what, it's not about what, where you're from. It's not about who you voted for. It's not about where you're from, what, what you have on. I'm going to give that 1% thing, 100%, so I can win you for Christ. Amen? So, remember, it's not about that person. It's about um, getting them into heaven. Uh, one more thing on that. Um, if you cannot find anything that you like, just fake it. Alright? I'm not saying be a fake. Again, I'm not, don't be fake. Don't be phony. Still be yourself. But even if they, they go through their whole entire life and you can't find one thing that you're interested in, just pretend. Alright? Having that conversation with somebody is, is life-changing. For the, the military folks, they're, they say that 80% of people who go to um, the psychiatrist who go in for mental health concerns, 80% of them could be, could, uh, don't have to go there if they had somebody to talk to. You know? 80% of people who go to get mental health services just wanted somebody to talk to. You know? Can you imagine if you just fake it every once in a while, how much of an impact you can have on somebody's life? You know, that, that's a big thing, though. That, to me, that's a big thing. But, yeah. So, fake it. Don't be fake. Just fake it. So, number one, how do you share your faith? 
Be sensitive to other needs and concerns. Number two, you have to get out of your comfort zone. So, verse 20, it says, To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself not under the law. So, to win those under the law, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So, to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. So some Christians, they like to pull themselves out of the world. They like to, to, to pull back and withdraw from the world. And, and that's good, you know, because there is evil out there, and that's a great way to protect yourself from, from the darkness that's out there in the world. But the problem is, whenever we pull ourselves back and whenever we pull ourselves out of the culture, guess what we're doing? We're taking the influence of God out of the culture. Okay? I know it, it sounds good to want to sit down and be in your, in your holy bunker and hide and just hunch out. And, and you know, I'm, I, me and my family, we're going to make it. We're good. You know, but that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to take the gospel to the world. He calls us to go out and be a part of the culture. And Paul is showing us here, like, he didn't hide out. He went out and got involved. He was 100% involved in whatever whatever lifestyle that was going on there, he was in there. What are you guys doing over here? You Gentiles? All right, I'm a Gentile now. Oh, what are you guys doing over here? You're Jews? All right, I'm a Jew too. You know, what are you guys over here? Oh, you're skaters? All right, I'm going to be a skater today. You know, you, you have to be able to be like that. You have to be able to get into the culture. You have to be able to fully immerse yourself into each culture, each environment that you're in because that's how the gospel gets spread. All right? Without doing that, the gospel gets cut off. And I totally feel like that's what's happening in the world today. In the United States, us Christians, we backed off, and look where that's gotten us. Look where we're at now. You know, if we would have stayed in politics, if we would have stayed on the teacher's board, if we would have stayed in the offices, if we would have put our faith out there, we would not be where we're at today. Amen? So we cannot just hide out and be hiding, like I said, in our in our bunkers and just pray and then one day, all right, I'm going to heaven, God. I'm safe. I'm good. No, our plan, God's plan is for us to take as many people with us to heaven. Amen? So you have to, I, I think of this as like me in the military. So there's lots of culture things in the military. I follow all the rules. I follow all the regulations, the customs, the courtesies. Uh, we even have these small rules. Like in my in my shop that we do, um, it's, Air Force is a big military, big drinking culture. So one of the rules that we have is if your picture gets taken and you end up in the base paper or you end up on Facebook, you have to bring in a case of beer to the shop, right? And because I'm part of the culture, right, I was like, all right, I'll participate in this. You know, so early on in my career, I would get my picture taken and end up on the, in the paper. I'd bring in a case of beer, you know, and then later on, I started bringing soda, right? Because I'm like, I, hey, I'm here. I'm part of the culture, you know, but I don't, me personally, I don't, I don't like drinking. And I don't want to support you drinking. So instead of bringing beer in, I'll bring in root beer. The guys didn't like it. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, what is this? I'm like, hey, you never specified it had to be, uh, you know, alcoholic. But it's root beer. I brought in beer. <laughs> you know, but still, right? Part of the culture. You know, I was still fully immersed in it. I didn't take part in it. I didn't drink. I don't drink. I don't cuss. But I'm 100% in the culture of the military. You know, I do everything that they ask me to do, but I'm separate, right? I separate myself. And that's the thing when Paul is saying, he's like, 
be immersed in the culture, just don't be a part of it, right? Be in the world, not of the world. So you can enjoy the things of the world. You can enjoy the things of the culture, but you have to draw the line and say, you know what? I'm only going to here, and that's as far as I'm going. Um, that, that rest of that, I'm not doing that. I read it when I was getting this together. I read a story of a woman who has an OnlyFans site. If you don't know what OnlyFans is, it's a pornographic website. And she would, she's getting naked and doing stuff uh, for the porn industry, but she says, I'm, I'm winning people to Christ, though. I'm reading the Bible, and I'm playing worship music while I'm doing this stuff, you know, while I'm getting naked. That is not what I'm talking about here, people. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. That is not being godly. All right? We should have a standard that we say. We say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to share the gospel. Well, I'm not taking my clothes off to do that. If I have to take my clothes off to, take the, to, to share the gospel, all right, that's where I draw the line. I'm not doing that. I can share the gospel just fine with my clothes on. And that's how we need to be, right? We need to be fully immersed in the culture, understanding what's going on, understanding what's happening, but not giving ourselves over. He says, I am, I'm in that world, but I'm still under God's law. I still have to abide by what God has called me to do. I still have a standard that I have to meet, that I have to maintain, because I'm still under God's law. I'm still held accountable to God, so I cannot cross every. I cannot cross that line. You have to be able to say, you know what? I'm in this culture, but I'm not doing that because we are a representative of Christ. We are ambassadors. We are not part of this world, but we are in this world. So even though we are a part of the culture, we're taking part in what happens in the culture. We still are a representation of Christ. And that we need to continue to live that life out every single moment of every single day. Amen? So don't hate this world. Don't hate it. You're a part of it. Live in it. Love in it. Enjoy it. Enjoy what God has created us here on earth. But remember, you are an ambassador. And you are going home someday. And you are going to, we are going to our rightful place in the kingdom of God. So this is just temporary. We need to take care of it. We need to love it. We need to take care of each other. But we are an ambassador. So get in the culture, like he said, right? Be a part of what's going on. Be a part of, of this culture, of that culture. But ultimately, you are an ambassador of Christ, and you have a standard that you have to uphold. Amen? All right, so point three, how do you share your faith? Because of the other needs and concerns, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And number three... You don't need to have all of the answers. Now, this isn't in the text, uh, but this is something that I want to share with you guys. You don't have to have the answers to every question. I know I love it when somebody asks me something spiritual and I don't know the answer, because that causes me to dig deeper into my faith. That causes me to say, oh, I don't, I don't know that. Let me, let me get back to you. Let me look real fast. Let me see. Um, this one time on deployment, I, somebody asked me, they're like, hey, hey, uh, do dogs go to heaven? You know? And me being me, I was like, what do you care? Heaven's not real. You know, because this guy was, a, was an atheist. He didn't believe in heaven. So I just said, you know, what does it matter if dogs go to heaven? You don't believe in it anyways. You know? And he was like, well, I, you know, I'm just curious. I just want to know. You know? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if dogs go to heaven. You know? And I was like, off the top of my head, though, uh, I don't think animals have souls. So I would say no. But I went home that night and I started reading my Bible. I started searching through Scripture. You know, I'm like, so do animals go to heaven? And the first thing that that I point that I that I found was, you know, Jesus when he comes back, he's going to be riding on a horse, right? It's 
says in Revelation that the lion's going to lay with the lamb. You know, so I'm like, well, if Jesus is going to come in on a horse, and the lion's going to come out lion and lay with the lamb, and there's dragons, and there's everything else in the Bible, I'm like, I guess dogs do go to heaven. Or they have dogs, and at least they got horses, so why don't they have other animals? You know? <laughs> so that, that right? I, it made me dig deeper. And through because of him asking me that question, and that's when I got into dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs, are they in the Bible? And, you know, just going through different areas of my faith to be able to dig deeper. So don't avoid those hard questions. Don't avoid the culture. Don't avoid non-Christians because you're afraid that you're not going to have the answer. Use that opportunity to learn. Use that opportunity to dig deeper in your faith. Because like I said, we don't have a blind faith. So you shouldn't have that reason, right? And it's, like I said, it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Let me get back to you. We all got computers on our, on our phones, right? Look it up. Oh, I don't know. Let me see. Let me see what the Bible says have to say about that. You know, take that time. Don't be afraid of those hard questions. Don't be afraid of not knowing the answers to questions. Amen? So, how do I share my faith? Be sensitive to others' needs and concerns. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You don't need to have the, all the answers. And my fourth one is explaining why you need Jesus. So now I'm going to give you three ways, right? I'm going to present the gospel to you guys in three different ways. The first way I'm going to present the gospel is using scripture. All right? The second way, we're just going to use one verse. The third way, I'm going to give you guys a picture that you can look at, you guys can read. Right? And I want to give you guys three different ways to look at this because, right, if you're like me, um, whenever I have to spout off a Bible, and you can ask my, my small group this, whenever I have to spout off a Bible verse on the spot, I always get it wrong. I'll get the verse right, I'll, and I'll get the book wrong, or the chapter wrong, or I'll get the book and chapter right, and I'll get the verse wrong. You know, or sometimes it's like, man, it goes like this, and I can't get it, right? So some of you guys are like me, and you're not good with memorizing and having that Bible verse completely ready all, all the time. So I got you a picture. So if you can draw circles, you can get you can present somebody the gospel message, right? The second one is one verse, and the verse that everybody knows. And the third one, which we're going to go through now, it's called the Romans Road to Salvation. Now, the Romans Road to Salvation use Bible verses, right? And the good thing about it is all in the book of Romans. So you can walk somebody through salvation using the Bible. If you memorize these verses, uh, you can use it to help present the gospel. And you have all these verses. You have five steps on the road, on the Romans Road to Salvation. Again, right, it's not a physical road. It's a spiritual road that you can walk somebody down to present the gospel to them. All right, so that first step on the Romans road is the truth that everybody has sinned, right? And that's Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Step two, the consequences of sin is death. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Step three, Jesus Christ died for our sins. Romans 5.8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were all sinners. Step four, we receive salvation and eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's Romans 9, 10, through 9 through, Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. 
And step five, salvation in Jesus Christ begins with a relationship with God. So Romans 8, 38, 39, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power in the hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that, those are the five steps down the Roman road to salvation. So if you wrote down those Bible verses, pin them in your Bible, have them ready so that when, you're, when someone asks you, okay, why do I need Jesus? Well, here you go. Let me walk you down this Roman road. You need to walk them through those verses. Right? Or you can do it the easy way. The one verse, what's the one verse that every, every Christian should know? John 3.16. You want to say it together, everybody? For God so... Simple, simple verse. John 3.16. What does that verse say? God loved. God gave. We believe. And we live. Simple, right? If you have that verse memorized, you can walk anybody through salvation because it tells you exactly what the salvation message is, what the gospel message is. And the third one is what I call the three rings. Uh, this is a pretty good one. Worship team, you guys are going to come up. I'm, I'm, I'm closing up here. So worship team, come on up. Gabe, you want to put the, that shot up there? So if, if you know how to, I know it's kind of hard to see, but if you know how to draw, if you, if you like me, and, and you know, maybe you, you don't have those Bible verses ready, and, and you're not for sure on, on what, man, what, how was John 3.16, man, what were those verses? Man, there's a lot of verses in Romans, man, I can't remember it. I got you a little diagram here, right? It starts off in the top corner, God's design. God's design was that we were made in His image, that we were to be one with Him, that He loved us, that we were walked in communion with Him. But something happened, something came into the world, and that's called sin. Sin came into this world and corrupted us. And when that sin came into our lives, there was a brokenness that happened. And that brokenness causes us to look out to every, everywhere, to different places, and try to find salvation, to look, to, to look on how to make things right. But the good thing is, Jesus died on the cross. Because he died on the cross, now you can be relieved of your sin. All you have to do is repent and believe in that gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and that he was raised from the dead. And that leads us back into that recovery, right? It puts us back on the right path to where we can say now, I am a child of God. I, I am able to walk in his presence, right? And now we're, we're working towards that purpose of becoming one with Christ, of being a child of God, of becoming back to God's original design, which is to be one with him, which is going we're going to be one with him in heaven someday. Amen? And that, that is God's design right there. That is the gospel. For those of you who aren't for sure, 100% on the, on the Bible verses, right there. I hope you guys wrote that down and you looked that up because that is the perfect tool that you need to present the gospel. So I gave you guys three ways that you could present the gospel. And I presented the gospel to you in three different ways. But the thing is, it's not enough just to hear the gospel. Now every single person has a choice, right? Everyone can either stand up right now and walk out of the door, 
Or you can stand up and you can take that message and say, you know what? You're right. I need, I need to change my life. I want to become one with God. I want to, I want to walk free. I want to get back into that original design where I'm one with Christ. And I just ask everyone to stand up right now. And I'm going to walk you guys through a simple prayer of repentance. And the thing, even this prayer that we're going to do, it's not difficult. You don't have to have a special word. You don't have to use a bestow or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but our vows are, you know, so you just be plain and simple, right? You don't have, you can just be plain and you don't have to be special. And this prayer is not for those first time people who've never prayed this prayer of repentance. This prayer is for everyone. If this is your first time, if this is your second time, if this is your one millionth time today that you've said this repentance, it, it's fine. Because it doesn't matter how many times you repent, you just keep doing it. You know, God doesn't matter. He doesn't care what you're doing. He doesn't care what you're thinking right now. He says, hey, just repent and give it back over to me. Get right back online. You know, my favorite section of scripture is um, the lost son, right? The father who's on the porch. He's standing on the porch waiting for his son. As the sun comes over the horizon, you know, what does the dad do? After the son has slaughtered everything, he, he's turned his back on the family. He's given up on everything. He sold all, spent all of his money, came back in rags. And his father sees his son coming over that hill. Does he turn his back and say, oh, that's the guy who took it everything and ran? No. The father runs off of that porch. He goes after him. He grabs him. He puts a ring on his finger. He puts a new robe on him. He says, go kill the fat lamb. We're having a party tonight because my son is back home. And that's every single time that God looks at you, he's waiting on that porch. Every time you turn on God, every time you sin, God is right there on that porch. He said, all you got to do is come on back. I will meet you. You don't even have to come all the way to the house. I will meet you. Okay? And that's what, the, that's what this message is all about. Is that father on the porch who's willing to do anything to get you into his kingdom, to get you back into the home, to get you back within the love of, and his care. Amen? So let's pray. Please repeat after me. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Save me and set me free. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. And with your help, I will live for you the rest of my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Now, if that was your first time saying that, or if that was your thousand times saying that, let's give God a hand clap, a shout of praise. Because of the matter, He loves you, He cares for you.